Welcome to Career Tools. This week's guidance, following your boss to a new job. Part two, the conclusion of this topic. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. What things do I need to consider when following my boss to a new job? What things do I need to do to make sure I'm successful following my boss to a new job? When should I not follow my boss to a new job? Wendy, before we go on to your performance matters, I want to make a a brief appeal to the audience. It occurred to me as you and I were collaborating on this cast that you can't find this guidance anywhere else in the world in a publicly available format. You may be working for a boss who teaches this stuff, but just the concept of career goodwill is well known to certain people, but it but it's not widely known. Maybe 2% of the people in large organizations know about it. Once we mention it to you, I'm sure you realize, yeah, that's true. I never thought of it. That's that force that happens uh, in my career. Yeah, it's called career goodwill. You can't find that anywhere else but here. So I have an appeal for you. If you're listening and you're benefiting from this, at a minimum, if we don't know who you are because you're downloading the podcast to your phone, and I hope I, I, we hope you're benefiting. That's why Mike and I started the company, is to help you not have to go through what we went through, learning a lot of this stuff on our own. If we don't even know who you are, we don't even have your email address, come to our website, sign up, become a member of the website. We want to be able to email you about things. We promise we're not going to deluge you with this stuff, okay? If we do already know you, and you're benefiting from the work. And we're on our we're starting our 14th year now with career tools and manager tools. If we do already know you, seriously consider becoming a licensee. The money that comes in from licensees, we use to expand our reach to reach more people all over the world, people who won't ever be able to afford a license, and you get all kinds of benefits which I won't waste your time with now. But this is just a soft appeal to increase your level of relationship with us, one, so we can talk to you, and two, so we can benefit and invest even more in this labor of love that is also a profitable enterprise. And the more enterprise we do, the more we're able to help. Let's move on to the next item, which is my favorite one, your performance matters. Indeed it does. So if you listen to other career tools class, you'll have heard us say your career rests on two things, results and relationships. And we've just talked about relationships. The results you have, you get, that your performance has to stand alone. It can't be that you get in this that get in this new job because your boss invited you to it and then you just coast or you sit on your laurels because you haven't got any laurels to sit on in this new company. Your laurels got left in the last one. You maybe have six weeks where your boss is he's a good guy I believe in him I think he can help will help you and maybe six weeks you cannot be successful in this role by hanging on to your boss's coattails you cannot be successful and get results if you're not paying attention to how you get results and and getting them I would say related to this Wendy that there is a mistaken assumption when you follow your boss that somehow because you are linked to your boss in a, in a somewhat unique relationship or a different relationship that your boss has compared to his or her other directs, somehow your results are combined with his in some way, and there's a loose sense of being a team. 
In fact, that's not true. You not only need to stand on your own, you need to stand on your own better than others because you have been perceived to have jumped the line of the internal organizational culture and ladder and opportunity uh, um, marketplace. And you can't go into that marketplace and say, oh, I'm going to borrow 20% of my boss's performance here. And somebody else would essentially say in this hypothetical conversation, no, you don't get to do that. That's not, that's not a, how this works. Particularly if your boss ends up working for somebody he or she doesn't like, doesn't get along with, and they're not getting promoted. If you believe your performance is linked to your boss, if your boss stalls, you're done. You're stalled as well. You have to separate yourself from your boss. Probably the wrong word there. I don't need you to have a different or worse relationship, but your performance needs to stand on its own so that you can be perceived as good as your boss said you were, and so that you can have establish your own career internally. It reminds me of, you went to a client and they were talking about having some redundancies um, because the, the company wasn't doing so well and there was a guy in the meeting who was just amazing. And then you found out the next day that he had uh, he was one of the people that was going to be made redundant. It doesn't matter who you are or how you got your role. Any company doesn't, or at least shouldn't, be carrying dead weight. Even though they do. Dead weight, folks, is anybody who's performing at less than what their role would require at the mean or the median, not at the minimum. So, in fact, there is a lot of dead weight in organizations when you define things that way. We're not talking about you simply can't do your job. We're saying you're not doing your job as well as your boss expects you to. So, you can't be that guy. You cannot be that guy. I mean, if in general, if people are not performing inside a company, they need to be made aware of that. They need to be helped trained, whatever they need. And eventually, if they still can't perform, then they need to be fired. And if you're not performing, anybody who's been in the company for five years, that process of being helped and being told that they're not performing and, and eventually being fired is really long. But if you've only been here three months and you came because your boss asked you to come, that period is very long. short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not immune or, or protected by your boss. If you're expecting to be protected by your boss, you are expecting them to spend even more goodwill, relationship capital, political capital on you than they already have. That's just an, an expectation that's wrong. Yep. Okay, next. Disagree. Yeah. Can I talk about this one? You can talk about this one. <laughs> yeah, because you and I are in violent agreement about this one. If you're following a boss to a new company, guys, it's probably because you get along, you're simpatico with your boss. You've developed a good relationship. You can work together. You know what's expected. You do it in advance. A little bit of ESP. Uh, oh, we finished each other's sentences, which makes it sound cute, but you know what I mean, the not cute part. It's powerful. It's part of what makes really collaborative teams often high-performing teams. And there are a couple of reasons for this, okay? You didn't get to where you are with your boss without disagreeing sometimes. And the better your relationship, the easier it is to disagree, frankly. The whole point of having two people work on the same problem is you bring two different perspectives. And one of you might have the right idea, even if the other one doesn't, and doesn't bring that to the table. We all know it's just not so that 
two people would perfectly agree all the time. And you don't want to lose that just because you've gone to another company. So you have to be willing to disagree. Now, we could talk for hours about disagreeing. We're not suggesting you fall on your sword as a matter of theater for your new peers. But if you're in the discussion phase of an idea, if you're trying to figure out how to attack a problem or what's going to be the change in the process or whether you're going to invest in A or B or C, you cannot be seen to be agreeing with your boss all the time. You certainly can't be seen to be agreeing with your boss when your boss is suggesting something different than everyone else is, and it seems that you're in the know and they're not, because now they'll begin to resent you, you have to be willing to disagree. Look, in my thinking, it's a demonstration to the other people that you're not a lapdog and that you don't have a special relationship, which then means their relationship is not special. And remember, their boss, just like you and your boss, he or she controls their addiction to food, clothing, and shelter. In, in the same way that you need to separate your relationships and your performance from that of your boss, you need to separate your opinions. You don't disagree for the sake of disagreeing, but be willing to speak up. Be willing to put forward different ideas. No, you don't do it nonstop. You're going to tick your boss off if that happens. You know, so you got to pick your moments, but make sure you don't agree for the sake of agreeing. And... Don't forget that we do this before the decision is made. And once the decision is made, you need to listen to our podcast about murdering the unchosen alternative. Um, yeah, you, you have to be your own person. If you're seen to be always agreeing, then you're essentially banking your career on being the same person as your boss. And everybody knows that that means you're cloaking yourself in her political capital. And all it takes is one false move and all that cover disappears. And we don't need two people that, that, that yes, are the same around here, right? A team that is homogenous, that is made up of all of the same kind of people, is often less creative and less uh, comes up with less good ideas and moves forward slower than a team that's made up of people with different perspectives. Good. Okay, next item. Manage your career. Or manage your career, I, <laughs> I think, is <laughs> which is no matter how you get a job, how you get an offer for a job, you need to weigh it up as if it were given to you in isolation. So it doesn't matter if you've been through an interview process for a job that you wanted. It doesn't matter if you go through an interview process for a job you were referred for by somebody in the company already, or if you, in this case, you're offered a job because your boss already went. None of those things predispose this to be the right job for you. Just because it's the great move for him doesn't mean it's a great move for you. And the number of times we've said, be careful and pay attention, and this is a, a potential pitfall, was probably clued you into moving with your boss is not the easy ride that some people think it is. It's, oh, well, I got this girl, but it's, you know, it's great. This is going to be easy. Exactly. And it's the, just like any other transition. And the weakness is, is that you think it's less of one. And therefore, you're vulnerable. Yeah, you're, you're working less hard at it. Now, we've already said that it's likely you have to take it. But technically, just because your boss offers you the job, you don't have to take it. I mean, you can say no. Now, it will do damage to your relationship with your boss unless your boss is really, truly a... Um, 
an impressive person in terms of, hey, you know, this may not be for you. And even if they do say that, they don't actually mean it. They probably jumped you to the front of the line and they assume that you're not only a quick yes, but a quick transfer and a quick person coming up to speed because they don't have to teach you their ways. But technically, it's still your career. And yes, you may damage the relationship, but dear me, don't be afraid to damage the relationship with your former boss. Don't be afraid to say no because you're worried about damaging the relationship at the expense of your career because you don't think it's going to be a good move. Because if it's not going to be a good move, it's going to come out sooner or later. And the more important relationship is you have with your spouse or partner or significant other. Yeah, so you've got to think about it. If you know, even before he starts talking, maybe he moves from industry A to industry B. And if you know that industry, the new industry doesn't excite you, say so right then. Stop the process. If you don't know right away then, but you have some questions, say, well, boss, I'm, I'm happy to explore this. That'd be great. You know, it's obviously a different move for me than it was for you. I wasn't recruited or you didn't have a patron there the way I would. And so I'm cautious. I'm optimistic, of course. I'm flattered that you would think of me and I have to be careful. I have to do this for my own reasons. And of course, your boss will say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, of course, that's true. But now you will have laid the groundwork. He'll be annoyed. He, she will be annoyed if you don't come with them, if you tell them right at the beginning of the process, you know, when they, even when they kind of hint that it might be a possibility. But if you say no after they've started and they've spent political capital to get you an offer, then that relationship is probably dead. Yeah, it could be dead. I think we should prepare for that. But I think there are a lot of cases where it would be okay. It depends on how far along you are in your career and whether or not you need to make a name for yourself. You know, if your boss is being written about in trade journals because he or she's an executive and written about in the journal or something like that, then there may be a case where you could say, you know, I need to have my own career. If you've already been promoted internally at company A four times, your boss probably won't be surprised you say, you know, I've been promoted internally four times working for you at the old company and now we're here and essentially my career is yours or your career is mine. And I don't think that's good uh, in the long run. And I need to prove it to myself. And maybe in five years, we could end up working together. I would say this, if you're going to say no, you better have thought out and it better be more than one reason than just, I don't feel that great about the company or I don't feel great about who my peers are going to be. You better have a stronger, broader set of reasons than that. You're right. There's a nuance there that, yeah. that I glossed over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can, there's nuance here. We're glossing over. There's, we could talk about this for hours. And, you know, remember, folks, our guidance is for 90% of the people 90% of the time. There are exceptions to these rules, but the guidance we're giving you is the solid stuff that will get you through 90% of this. But you may be in a special situation. Although, Everyone always thinks they're in a special situation. <laughs> right. Oh, no, this is different, Mark. You don't, no, 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 no. You don't understand. No, it's really not. You've told me everything I need to know. No, I'm sorry. It's not different. You're in trouble. Here's what you need to do. Okay. All right. Last thing. Once, maybe twice, not three times. Now, I assume you mean jumping companies. You could do three times internally, right? Absolutely. Yes. But there is a limit to how many times you're going to be able to follow your boss in your career when you're switching companies. 
once it's tricky we've just spent the last however long we've just spent talking about this and saying we're still glossing over nuance there's a lot of pitfalls you almost have to work harder at the new job than you would if you came in cold because you have this kind of taint of you know i got this easy yeah people will be suspicious of you so twice you would have to get really lucky that both it was a good career move for you it was a good personal move for you and you were successful twice three times is a miracle the stars would have to align and to some extent you are harming your long-term career because if you do it three times and then you decide or maybe your your boss retires because you know it's he's at the end of his career and you've got one more or two more moves to make and you go to interview for a new job and they say well why did you leave this company to go to this one and you say well my boss went to a new company and so I followed him and then they say why did you go from this one to this one well my boss moved and I followed him and they're going to start to think you you didn't ever get a job on your own merits your boss right just dragged you along behind him and that's going to be bad for you in the interview and hiring managers are going to be suspicious yeah they, they would be wise to be suspicious there will be people out there who will choose the person who got the jobs they did because they did well in the interview and they were worthy and they have their own persona and it's mm -hmm. not just i'm following my boss yeah agreed i think i could make some exception for executive assistants at higher levels of organizations politics maybe yeah yeah, but oh gosh, we're not we're not doing politics. I, I assume you mean governmental politics, right? Not internal politics. Yeah, yeah no, we're not going to do that. That's a that's a crazy town clown car <laughs> career, <laughs> and I should know. I have family members in it. All right, so let me summarize, folks. If you get asked to follow your old boss to a new role, it's flattering, and there are some downsides, and it will not be as easy a ride as you think. You need to think about the job independently, know what the pitfalls are. And if you do that, you'll feel better about making the move if you choose to do so. It's your decision. And the fact that it is yours tells you everything you need to know about the separateness between you and your boss. And if you follow this guidance, you'll reduce your risk enormously, and it'll help you make a better decision when it's time to do so. That's it. Thanks, Wendy. See you all next week. That's all for this week. We'll be back next week with more guidance. 